This podcast is sponsored by TMD Power Skills. Take back control of your training message, delivery, and cost. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Utility Safety In Depth, where we take a deeper dive into topics recently covered in Incident Prevention Magazine. I'm Kate Wade, the editor of Incident Prevention, and your host for this podcast. In this episode, we sit down with Josh Moody, who wrote the article titled Three Sustainability Considerations When Evaluating FR AR Apparel for the February-March issue of Incident Prevention. Josh is the Director of Product and International Sales for Westex, a Millican brand, which has been pioneering protective textiles since 1941. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thanks, Kate. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's so good to have you here. Um, so today we're going to be talking about sustainability in terms of flame-resistant and arc-rated clothing. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background in the industry? Uh, sure. I've uh, actually been with Westex for over 29 years now. Nice. Um, worked in various roles for, for our company in, in development and uh, manufacturing and primarily on the technical services side. Uh, so I've been attached to the industry for, for a few decades now and watched it grow up and change and evolve um, and have hopefully helped out the, uh, the industry somewhat by some participation in NFPA and ASDM and CSA standards over the years. Wonderful. Um, and of course, we thank you for your contribution to our publication, um, which I think was the article is really well received um, by our audience. Um, and so we're going to kind of dive a little bit more into that today. Um, the bulk of our listeners work for electric utilities, where FR and AR clothing are extremely commonplace. Can you give us some background as to how these garments have historically been made and disposed of? Uh, it- so it, it follows various paths to get to the electrical utility worker. It, uh, you know, typical path is we'll manufacture the fabric, um, a garment manufacturer will manufacture the garment. It may be a direct sale. They may have a choice program. There may be a laundry program. Um, but at the end of the day, in the end of its service life, generally most products over the years have been just disposed of in landfills. Gotcha. Um, so. In your article, you cover three sustainability considerations to keep in mind when evaluating this type of clothing. The first is material selection. And today there are more sustainable materials to be found in the marketplace than ever before. Can you tell me more about these newer materials and also the benefits that they provide to employers who want to ensure their worker safety while also being more eco-conscious? Sure. First of all, let me just start by saying, and I probably didn't stress it enough. It's hard. It is hard to incorporate in the flame resistant fabric world um, a lot of recycled products or a lot of what the market would consider sustainable products because our primary purpose is to protect the worker and have the performance, both thermal and strength performance, um, et cetera, of that product at the level that they expect. Um, so some of the recycled products that are out there may give up strength or some other problem, um, or characteristic, uh, that we're currently wrestling with. How do we get around that? How do we utilize that? Um, and it may not to begin with what we're somewhat working on is maybe not the materials itself to begin with, but the actual finished fabric. Can we make it last longer? So kind of back to my point about 
they threw the garments away. Can I get the garment to last longer for them? And the mm -hmm. longer it's on their backs means the less per year we're throwing away in the landfill. And so can sustainability come from the life cycle of that product, being able to extend that out a month, six months, a year, something like that. So that's kind of one avenue that we're chasing. The other avenue, though, is components and is fibers. Um, there are newer products and there's other products in the marketplace that we're starting to utilize and utilize in a bigger way, uh, both for their performance, though, and, and their sustainability story. So therefore, uh, you know, I call out Lensing. Lensing is a great partner of ours in their Tencel ISL is a regenerated wood pulp. Um, they use a closed loop process to make this fiber, provides us with strength, durability, but softness of feel to the wear. Mm -hmm. So we incorporate that fiber into our products, my, primarily into the Westex uh, DH and DH airline to give you both the performance, but also the sustainability of the product. Um, and more recently, just about four months ago, we launched our first our first product was truly a recycled product. So we do have a denim out there. Um, we introduced in October of last year that does have a recycled polyester in there. So we're dipping our toes in that of trying to utilize both recycled and more sustainable options on the fiber and component side to yield that PPE performance and trust that the market is used to. Okay. Um, well, so let's talk about manufacturing processes and practices for a minute. Um, that's the second sustainability consideration that you reference in the article. And my question is, when a consumer is looking to purchase FR AR clothing and they're concerned about its potential effects on the environment, what should they be keeping an eye on um, or an eye out for in terms of manufacturer processes? Yeah. So, so really, they need to look at and understand who the actual manufacturer is. These days, safety and training managers are at a loss about how to control their line worker training programs. Things are changing fast, and you need a solution that has the flexibility to keep up. T&D Power Skills is a comprehensive 78-unit curriculum designed with the adult learner in mind. Control your message by customizing the program to meet your needs and training yard specs. Control your delivery with the flexibility to scale from single-unit refresher training to a fully DOL-certified 8,000-hour apprenticeship program. Control your costs with flexible delivery models that scale from companies with just a few crews to large utilities and contractors. Courseware is also available for your own third-party enterprise learning management system and through a traditional DVD model as well. Line workers absorb the info they need through engaging video, detailed workbooks, quizzes, final exams, and our custom essential field performance requirements checklists. To learn more, visit us online at tdpowerskills.com. Again, that's tdpowerskills.com. And use the referral code IP2024 to get an exclusive podcast listener 5% discount. Uh, who's the manufacturer of the fabric itself? Because that's the primary component of the garment. And what are the manufacturing practices and best practices of that manufacturing site? Um, so... Trying to figure out that sometimes is tough, but being able to do your homework and get to who that manufacturer is key. 
Because um, then you learn a lot about what do they do? How are they handling their waste? How are they looking at cogeneration? How are they, what, what power are they utilizing, right? It's not always about the product. It's about the process. Um, you know, for example, Millican here in, in South Carolina at our Blacksburg facility, we just completed uh, two years ago, a $25 million cogeneration facility that's going to support both the textile operation at our Magnolia plant and our chemical operations there. Um, you know, we're doing things at Millican, such as LED lighting, other things like that, that are starting to try and reduce what our exposure is and reduce what some of those emissions are, the greenhouse emissions. And, mm -hmm. you know, do your homework on what are the sustainability commitments of those companies as well. Um, are they public about them? Are they honest about them? Both good and bad, right? None of us are perfect. So we publish, Millican publishes every year a sustainability report. Where are we today? Where do we want to be? Um, and we have been very succinct and very open about what our policies are and where we want to be in 2025 and beyond. Um, you know, for example, we've now got our net zero targets validated by UNBAC Science-Based Target Initiative. So, so you have to do some education about what the manufacturer is doing about producing the product, because all of that rolls into the final solution and that final calculation of how sustainable that garment is on that person's back. Right. Well, so um, one other thing that you talk about in the article has to do with the functional chemistry, which is something we've already kind of touched on um, of FR and AR clothing. Essentially, chemicals provide some of the most important benefits mm -hmm. that users look for in these garments. But on the flip side, those chemicals can also sometimes be harmful for the environment. So how does an employer go about identifying clothing that's protective, but doesn't have those harmful chemicals? Yeah, so it's very simple. You start to ask the questions and you have those conversations and you have those conversations with the supply chain to find out where's this coming from? How are they manufacturing them? Are they putting themselves into programs out there such as we do on Okatex through Hohenstein that is a third party certification that talks about the health and safety and um, safety of the components within a fabric. Uh, so there's some third-party items you can look for. But then also, um, like you said, chemistry is key to all of these products, whether it's flame resistance, water repellency, um, durable press, uh, all the various characteristics. So you start to need to learn about what the company is doing. And what are they? What are they trying to look to the future to achieve? For example, at Millican here, we made a big leap. Mm -hmm. We, as in the textile uh, division here at Millican, has eliminated and no longer using PFAS-containing chemicals. We believe that that's the best thing for both the environment, the product, planet, and the people. And that's a tough decision because that product, PFAS-containing products have done a good job of providing performance, but have been lingering out there in the environment. And therefore, it's in our best interest collectively to get rid of them, not utilize them anymore, and find a different way and a different solution for that. Um, so starting to learn about the portfolio of maybe not just exactly what that product is, but holistically what materials are going into the fabrics that they want to purchase. Well, and what I thought was interesting about you guys getting rid of the PFAS is that um, it, it sounds like you 
kind of got out of some lines of clothing because there wasn't really a workaround. Um, you're you're correct. Then, yeah. So, so there's some things that it did very well, such as oil repellency, um, that currently there's not a perfect solution for. Water repellency, uh, certain rainwear applications, we can find workaround solutions, non-PFAS containing materials, and we've been able to institute those. But for some of the very specific oil technologies, mm -hmm. we haven't been able to find a specific solution. And that's the entire industry is trying to chase and learn and develop and research those alternatives. Very cool. Well, this information that you provided us today and in the article, Josh, has been very helpful. Um, before we close out this episode of the podcast, do you have any final thoughts or anything we didn't touch on that you want to share with our listeners? <laughs> so sustainability, I guess, we have to think of it as a journey. Um, and we don't have all the answers yet. And nobody has all the answers yet. We are trying to collectively figure it out. And Luckily, we're having these conversations. Ten years ago, we didn't have these conversations, and now we are. Um, so we are all chasing to a, a better planet, better people, better products, and trying to achieve that goal. And, and it's a fun journey to be on. Mm -hmm. So don't expect every one of us or every supplier out there to have 100% of the solutions because we're all on this journey together trying to, to figure out how best to navigate them. Um, and it's really a collaboration between us, the end users and the marketplace of where do we go next and how do we tackle some of those tough challenges? Well, I want to thank you so much for your time today, Josh. As a reminder to our listeners, Josh's article is now available in the February-March issue of Incident Prevention, which can be accessed online at incident-prevention.com. Until next time, stay safe and be well. The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of utility business media and its employees. It is strongly recommended that you discuss any actions or policy changes with your company management prior to implementation. This podcast is sponsored by TMD Power Skills. Take back control of your training message, delivery, and cost.